Y'all thought that was funny, huh? <laughs> Hey, before we get rolling here with this, this is going to be a sweet time, and I hope it's uh, edifying to you, uh, moms and dads, everybody in the room. Look, look around. Do you know God is at work? He, he's building this church. He's bringing people to join the Heritage family. People are, are coming to know him and be baptized. we got families lining up to say, hey, I want to raise my child in a home where Jesus is the center. Isn't that incredible? God's at work. And one of the most incredible opportunities at our church, especially here, is, is because of so many children, there is great opportunity for you to be involved in the raising up of those children. If you're the kind of person who's good at teaching, if you're great with kids, if you love being a part of this whole process from, from sharing the Bible stories and praying with these children, taking care of them as they grow up through the, through the years and then they eventually make a decision for the Lord. You want to be a part of something that's awesome like that, that's kingdom-minded? We want you to be involved in children's ministry. We've got stuff going on for babies through fifth grade every Sunday, both services, and Wednesday nights. That's a lot of kids. And there are some clipboards in the back in the lobby. If you've not found your place yet of service at the Heritage Family, this might be me inviting you right now and God working in it to say, hey, yeah, that might be my role. And so just go put your name down. You're not signing your life away. Write your name and phone number down. Let Allison call you this week and talk about what it looks like to be involved in our children's ministry here at Heritage and see if that's a good fit for you. I would really encourage you to do that, okay? Oh, okay, I got four. Four. Good morning, church family. It's good to, good to be here today. Today isn't just a celebration of, of motherhood, but it's a celebration of womanhood. And we celebrate all of our women today, and we're very thankful to be able to do that. Today, um, I'm reminded as we begin of a passage in 2 Timothy, as Paul was writing to Timothy, and he said, I'm reminded of your, your grandmother's faith and your mother's faith, uh, Lois and Eunice, who just happens to be the names of my great-grandmother and my grandmother. And, um, and he said, you know, that same faith that that they have is, is that genuine faith is the same thing that I see in you. And uh, moms play, women play a huge role in the life of raising up children, the next generation of faith believers. Today we're privileged to have three different ladies uh, at various seasons in life of, of motherhood. And we wanted to take an opportunity to interview them and to talk to them openly about different issues, struggles, maybe celebrations that that um, they've experienced in life, um, starting off with Meredith, who's married, married to this wonderful guy by the name of Sydney. And um, you're supposed to say, yeah, baby. And um, been married for almost 34 years. We have three kids. All three of them happen to be here today. And so I, I hope that at some point they don't stand up and go, that's not true. And so, but you don't ever know. Anna Grace is 17. She'll be a senior next year at the Villages. Caleb is 19. He's a junior at UCF. And Abigail is married and lives over in Palatka and is 21. And so um, Chrissy is here. Uh, she's married to that wonderful guy that everybody calls Hux. Uh, we all love Michael. They've been married for 12 years. They have three children, Addison, uh, Mackenzie, and Brooklyn, two, five, and eight. Right? Good. Yes. Miss Sharon Burris, who has two wonderful children, Brooke 
That's her grand. That's her son-in-law sitting over there. Brooke and Brian will be have married be married twenty year uh, twenty years this coming week, and so we celebrate their anniversary this coming week. Uh, Brooke's birthday was this past week, and it's Mother's Day. Man, she gets it all thrown in one time. Very expensive month. <laughs> very, very very expensive month, and so. Uh, but Sharon has two kids, Brooke and um, Zach. Zach's married, been married for about six years to Jackie. And Sharon is not only a grandmother of Brian and Brooke's children, Braxton and Ainsley, 14 and 16, but she's getting ready to be a new grandmother. Zach and Jackie are pregnant and due in the month of August, right? Good. So I know, I just these details are rolling off my I had enough coffee this morning to get me through. So, um, but I, let's start out with this question. Who was it? Who was it that introduced you to Christ? Who was it that um, growing up had the biggest influence in you coming to know Jesus and walk with the Lord? So, and we'll ask all three of you guys that question. So before I answer, we're all wanting you to know that this is not an expert panel. This is... You're not supposed to say that, but no, this is an expert we're not. panel. We're just, we... I think we are all doing our very best and have tried to do our very best to to raise our kids in the faith um, and coming to know Jesus. But I don't want any of you, for anything that we say, to have guilt or to feel like we have it all together. We're going to hopefully share some maybe even mistakes we've made or, or things like that. So um, know that it's coming from a place of vulnerability a little bit. It's a, it's a little hard to sit up here because you know that you wish you could have done things maybe a little different. So... Um, Anyway, to answer the question, um, my mom and dad definitely played the biggest role in my life coming to Jesus. Um, my mom, who's sitting in the back with my dad, um, actually prayed with me to receive Jesus. I remember it. I was four years old, knelt down by my bed um, after going to a play by the Jeremiah people. I won't go into the whole testimony, but when we got home after that, I knew that I wanted Jesus in my heart and wanted to live for him. And we prayed when I got home right next to my bed. And as the years went on, um, mom, you know, continued to train me up and disciple me. And my dad, too, especially, he was the one that would leave out devotional books at the table for the at breakfast. Um, it was not optional. It was there and while you ate your cereal. And it was um, just those discipling things. Uh, there's so many things, but definitely my mom and dad played the biggest role. Um, in, in my life, it was definitely my, um, my mom and my grandmothers and my dad. Um, I had a strong faith um, on both sides very fortunately, and um, our church was a really big part of, of my, my faith. I, I came to um, know Jesus when I was 13, or I was baptized when I was 13. Um, but the thing, one of the things that impacted me a lot, just, just to show that it's, it's not just what you say, but it's so much what you do, is that my mom, when I would come home from junior high school, um, I would... Listen, we called it junior high then. You know how old that was. But we would, she would be laying on the couch, taking a nap, and, the, and God's word would have been opened on her chest. And I would see that all the time. And then my grandmother would, it, when, I would, when we would stay with her over the, over the summer, we were, we were watching TV. And she heard, she was in the other part of the house, and she would hear an ad that she didn't want us to hear. She would run across the across the house and turn that ad off so we would not hear that into our, into our little ears and eyes. So um, that kind of influence was very, very, very thankful for. 
I would also say my parents played a big role in me coming to know the Lord. I would also say my grandparents played probably just as big of a role in me coming to know the Lord. And um, I can still remember faces and names of some Sunday school teachers that I had growing up or youth workers that I had growing up. Um, And so another another shameless plug is a lot of times we think that in order to serve back there, you have to be like a glorified babysitter. And that is some of the most important kingdom work um, going on back there. And I'm so thankful um, that my kids are back there. But um, I also had great relationships with my youth pastor's wives growing up. And so there were just a lot of people um, in the church that really plugged into me that um, helped me in my walk with the Lord. Can I honor my, my mom real quick? Just my my I just want my mom is ninety what ninety five years old two weeks ago, and is still walking in the Lord in an uncompromising faithful, faithful way. So I just wanted to um, give her all the honor today for what she's shown me through her life. Is Mimi watching? Happy Mother's Day, Mimi. my mom, Mimi, everybody. You better get that in. Yeah, that's important. <laughs> You know, I love how each one of you, uh, your family was very instrumental in you coming to know the Lord. So as we've had six or seven families up here a minute ago talking about their commitment to raising their child in a Christ-centered home, what's, what's one quick piece of advice, if you have it on top of your head, that you would say to these young parents that are just kind of starting out in that role when it comes to passing down that faith? Um, I'll just make it really short. Um, time flies. And uh, one really practical thing is I kept gearing up when Abby was leaving. I kept thinking, okay, she, I have to tell she's 18, and then she'll probably move out, go to college or something. And I Or get w- married. Or get married. Thank you, Jesus. And I was not prepared that when she started to drive that my time with her became extremely limited because we used a lot of drive time to accomplish a lot. 20 minutes to school, 20 minutes from school. 40 minutes is a lot a day. You can get a lot accomplished in 40 minutes with your kids in the car. And I was not prepared for losing 40 minutes a day and then having to intentionally make that up elsewhere. That was tricky. So, yeah, just... It goes very fast. Take advantage of every minute that you have. I would say something that we do um, with our kids is, and they're young, they're eight and five and two. But one thing that we have done with ours is I've, tr- I've tried really hard to kind of hone in on where I feel like their gift is, what they enjoy doing. And so for them, my eight-year-old, she loves schoolwork. She didn't get that from me, but she loves doing workbooks and like sitting and learning and studying and stuff. I don't know. It's weird to me, but, um, and so we have found that giving her little workbooks, devotionals that really kind of coincide with what she's going through as an eight-year-old has been beneficial to her. And now my five-year-old, on the other hand, she's wide open. Um, and so, we throw on YouTube for her, and she sings and dances and, 
and does that and has a good old time. And so I think just finding where your kids are and what they like to do and then somehow incorporating Jesus into that um, is always super beneficial. You know, Sharon, you want to you want to say something because I'm gonna I'm gonna go into a question that we didn't get to the last time. Okay, go ahead see. and answer this. Well, just um, it's so important, um, mamas and daddies, that you have that you pursue Jesus first, um, that you have a strong that you continually seek Him out, you know, um, and make Him the center of your life, so that then because what you a child's resistance or their embrace of a faith is what they see and 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 it's what they see in word and deed, and and a child's and, and young parents a child's worldview is started at 15 to 18 months. So you start now, praying over them, letting them sing. Um, every time you rock them, maybe sing a song, uh, um, how, something. Just let them. See things of faith. Um, it's a very, very powerful thing. You know, Sharon, we didn't get to this question in the first service, but I think it, I'd really like to dip into this. We, we live on the edge of one of the world's largest retirement villages. And I've heard this said more than once in public places. I've raised my kids. My job is done. I'm here to party and have a good time. So my, my, my question to you would be this. Does grand, do grandparents have a role, do they play a, a role in raising up children and grandchildren? Do they still have a, a role to play? Well, it's, it's, Outside of golf and, and all this other stuff that happens, right? Well, as each of us has have testified, testified that what the grandchildren, uh, grandparents had in our lives, you know, there is our, God does not have an end point for parenting or for, or for, for mother. We are always a mother or we're always a father. And it, our role just changes, you know, because the whole point of, of nurturing children is to let is to grow them into adulthood, right? So then they can then contribute and be that that person of faith and, and fulfill their purpose and their plan for their, that God has for them. So it's a it's a process of release, you know. But it it looks so grandparenting is not about control. Parenting is about support, encouragement, um, prayer. I have a. I can't say, um, for me, the most important thing has been for me to have prayers that I pray over each one of my grandkids and my son-in-law and my daughter and my son that are ones that are for all of them, but then some specifically that I see in their lives that they really, um, I need for support, for growth, or for, or for reinforcement. And I, And now, at this point, since I have... I have had the profound privilege of watching my grandkids grow into faith and watch them walk in faith now. I have seen the fruit of some of those prayers, specific things that I have prayed that is now living in their lives. So, and on your knees prayer for your grandkids and your, and your children as, and your own children as they walk through those challenges of parenting 
We're going to talk a little bit more in depth about that in a few weeks because grandparents play a huge role in that legacy of faith um, issue. But let's let's jump off the platform just a little bit and let's go a little bit deeper. Let's let's talk about pain and difficulty. Um, you guys, I don't think it's a secret that Meredith and I dealt with 12 years of infertility um, in the beginning of marriage. And so one of the questions that I wanted to ask Meredith was, um, how, um, how was that season? Um, how did you deal? How, how did we walk through that season of, of difficulty? Um, and how did your relationship with the Lord uh, play a role in how you walked through and made it th through? Um, and, and, and how might what you experienced and, and things that you learned during that time have an impact in the lives of others that may be walking through a season of darkness, a season of difficulty? Those years were very painful. It was like a roller coaster. Uh, there were times when you have to take a break from things. Um, you just have to pray through that and just ask God for direction because it can be a very confusing time. Uh, but I, I guess it's hard to sum up 12 years of lessons in 30 seconds. I think if I were to summarize, I would say the biggest two things I learned were God is God. I am not. I'm grateful for that. And God does not change. But during that 12 years, my relationship with God totally changed. And had it not been for that struggle in our lives, I would never have the intimate walk with the Lord that I do. And I wouldn't go back and trade any of that for my relationship with the Lord. Um, that's the first lesson. The second thing I would say is... I tend, one of my biggest faults is that I tend to be a very self-reliant person, like um, kind of subscribe to the idea if you want to accomplish something, you work hard at it and you do your best and you'll make it happen. And um, I do believe in hard work and I do believe that you can make a lot of things happen in your life. But that doesn't work for infertility. It doesn't work for cancer. It doesn't, it's not about the effort that you put in. And so for the first time in my life, it was something that I couldn't accomplish. I couldn't, no matter what I did, I couldn't make it work. And so it was something that God allowed in my life to make me completely reliant on him regardless. And so God is still God, not because I have three children sitting over there. God is God regardless. And um, I'm so thankful that God blessed us with three children but regardless, before they were born, the lesson that he was teaching me was he was God regardless. And I, and I learned that before my first one was even born. Those would be the biggest lessons, I think. And that's applicable regardless of what, what you might be walking through. Now, I think that you guys would agree that we have three perfect moms up here that have never made any mistakes. Wouldn't you agree with me? Maybe not. Has there ever been a time that you've blown it, that you've messed up? Um, do you mind sharing something along that line, what that might have been? What, just one of those things. Um, and um, do you think that acknowledging mistakes, um, having struggles is important? It's valuable to acknowledge those issues to 
your children, and if so, in what way? I haven't been a parent for very long, um, but I feel like, hopefully you can relate, I feel like I do something daily that I'm like, that I feel like I've blown it. Whether it's the way that I speak to my kids, um, or maybe I don't discipline them in the way that I should have, um, or whatever the case may be. Maybe I screwed up with consequences, I don't know. I feel, but I feel like along with what she was saying, we are raising children, but we're also raising adults. And so I think if we go through this journey of parenthood, never saying, you know, I'm sorry, I really screwed up. Like, would you please forgive me? We're going to eventually raise adults that don't do that either. Um, and so, I mean, even the littlest things, I try to just be like, I blew it, guys. I'm sorry. Can we start over? Can we just reset the day? Um, it could be like 9.30 in the morning, and we're asking God for a reset. But, um, yeah, I mean, daily, I think we, we blow it. Anna? <laughs> now, look, we don't have to get really personal at this time, okay? So Pastors' families don't have won't problems. Go, won't go into the we details. We just have intense fellowship, as Steve Whitaker says. <laughs> Uh, we won't go into the details, but Friday night, Anna and I had a little conversation that kind of, I went too far, and I felt like I needed to correct, and I was tired of correcting. It had been multiple times over two weeks, and I was done, and I thought I was justified, but I kept going on and on and on, and it really upset her, and she got, we got home, and she went to her room, and she was upset. And I had to ask for forgiveness. I went in, and I said, I'm sorry. I'm very sorry. She knew she was talking today. She said, we were going to have to make it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I didn't. I, no, that's not how it went. Um, so, yes, I 100% believe that you have to apologize and ask for forgiveness. And we are not perfect. We are human. And um, we have to model that, that we are not human. And how do you fix things when you mess up? Yeah. Um, at, as, you, as you get older, even, you look back and realize even more of, of the mistakes that you have made. Um, but I, I remember so vividly, even so, so many years ago, about my, my son, that I, I don't, I, I'm a to-do list person. You know, I, I really, if I'm on a task, you know, I want to get it done. Um, and I, I wish now that I had embraced the, the now instead of thinking about what I need to do next. Um, to be fully present with big, and, and I remember the day that I was sweeping the porch. And my son comes up. Walk, and he was one hit on his heart. He wanted to quit football. And I kept sweeping. Instead of stopping, putting the broom down and looking at him and go, let's talk about this. You know, so it's those times when in, at grading papers during this football game. You know, and those things that, that you don't you have to come to terms with, and you have to rely on the grace and mercy of God. And then he, he, covers our, he covers our mistakes. He picks up the slack when we just blow it, you know. And, and to have, but it's hard to let go of the guilt, but yet just that release to forgive yourself, um, in addition to saying, I'm, 
telling your son, I am so sorry. Do, do you believe that raising children to love and follow Jesus is harder, more difficult than what it was when you were growing up? Without a doubt. I think it's harder. I think there are a lot more distractions now for our kids. Um, there's a lot more things that are pulling on, on them. There's a, there's a lot more um, uh, culture that, want, that wants to pull on them. And, and I, I believe that our kids' hearts are, are being um, pulled. I mean, we have to be so intentional with showing them who their identity is. Their identity is, it's, it could be confusing now. It never could be bef really that, you know, it wasn't, it was pretty black and white before. But now it's, it's, uh, it's so much, much more important for you to build their identity early and to constantly, and it be a constant thing of who they are, who they really are. And that's why that God, God's word is so important to start pouring into them. I would say it's a little bit harder, but I would also say it happens a lot faster. And what I mean by that is, um, I mentioned this at women's retreat, and I and um, Dwight mentioned it last week, and so I felt validated in my opinion. But um, I feel like the things that I was confronted with in probably, I don't know, probably late middle school years, maybe even high school, are things that my eight-year-old comes home today, or my eight-year-old comes home with and is talking about now. And I'm like, we're not supposed to be there yet, you know? Um, and so, yeah, I think it's harder, but I think everything is also accelerated and more intense and happening a lot sooner than it probably should. And so I think um, just as a, as a mom of young kids, I'm finding myself really having to even question some of the things that you know, I was taught growing up, like, is this biblical um, or not? Is it a tradition or not? Um, and so, I don't know, it's tough. I would say definitely yes. Um, one of the biggest things I see a difference in is, besides the obvious technology and things like that, I feel like there's less margin. So, I remember growing up, even like when you would ride in the car, there was no cell phone. There was none of that. There was at least quiet time. You look out the window, you have a conversation. Even that time was maybe 15 minutes or 20 minutes. There's, there was time that you had to yourself where you were inaccessible. And I feel like that is really hard to train the kids that they need margin in their life and some of that margin needs to be spent with Jesus. So I didn't have to compete growing up with that pull of that technology and that screen time all the time. It's kind of like almost they're hardwired to just be drawn to that. Um, and we need more margin. Does that make sense? Speaking about the technology, because you brought it up, and we could probably do like a six-week study, is there anything as a mother even seeing with our kids as a grandmother that you would want to say, I know a lot of the people, they have questions about the technology, parents. How do we handle this? We're confronted with it. We can't just throw it away. We're obviously going 
100 miles an hour that direction. We're not going to stop and go backwards. So what does it look like in a home that is centered on Jesus to handle that? <laughs> it's just really, really hard. Sid, Sid's done a really good job with a lot of that in our house, more so than I have. Um, setting the boundaries, um, I actually had not watched the Social Dilemma movie, um, but since Dwight brought it up last week, I did watch it actually last night. Um, I do recommend that you watch that. Um, even the creators of technology don't, look, don't let their kids use technology. Just watch it. It's very interesting. Um, they're, like, they're crazy strict about it because they know what's written in the programs to get your kids addicted to it. So um, just watch it and see what you think. Um, We've had rules. I think the biggest thing, kids, I'm sorry, you're, I'm not going to be really popular here. <laughs> I think the biggest thing is um, Sid checks our kids' phones. It's, we pay the phone bill. It's our phone. And um, we're, we try to teach the kids respectfully. Um, we love our kids, but that's why we check the phones. And we don't do it all the time. They never know when it's going to happen. But every once in a while, Especially when we notice something is a little off. Uh, we'll be like, he'll be like, we don't ever have that. Give me life. your phone. <laughs> let me, let me just, let me, let me see what's going on. And so, some scrolling through some of the text messages, scrolling through what apps have been used lately. Um, so, that may be a little controversial for some of you with privacy and things like that, but there's no privacy like that in our house. And, um, we pay the phone bill, so it's a little hard, a little controversial, but that's kind of the way it goes. Um, Brian and Brooke have done a really good job, too, with limiting and boundaries and knowing how to, how to, um, to try to at least minimize the distraction. But I, I think for, for young parents, I'd like to just recommend to think about is to just keep a, a technology away from your babies and from your young children as long as possible. Um, there's a lot of research out there about that, um, about what it does, does to, for brain development and, and just um, centeredness, grounding, you know, and, and, for, for, and even for a Bible, for those little ones, you know, they need to touch and feel, and for all of us to have a, a, a Bible that we can hold on to, that we can open up, um, because... Parents, when your children are looking at you, you're, 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 they don't know if you're studying the Bible on your phone. They don't, they don't know that. But if you have God's Word and you're reading it, it's very obvious that they know that you're reading the Word. So just another, just another something to think about as you start out with your babies, your little ones. Okay, so we are in the process of learning this. Um, I would say gosh, probably in the past month. So it's been recently. We have tried to severely limit like screen usage in our house because I will be the first to admit that it had gotten out of control. Um, so we do, we've put boundaries, we've set time limits and stuff like that. But if you, if you are a parent and you are struggling with your little ones having too much phone, tablet, iPad, whatever, um, take it away for like a day or two and just see what happens. Because we have done this before and the drastic behavioral difference and my children just after a day or two of not having a screen was 
significant. I'll just, I'll just say that. Um, so yes, watch it, put all kind of apps on phones. Um, I, I'm not raising teenagers, but I was one not too long ago, and we work with them often, and um, don't throw anything at me, please, but um, if I could give like one little nugget of advice um, to parents of teenagers, it is please, um, I guess I would beg you, um, please don't send your kids to bed with their screens. Um, we, my parents took mine up at night and put them in their bathroom. I just feel like that's, that's the time and the place where um, maybe not a whole lot of good is going to happen from them having their phones. So just my one little nugget of advice. And I think we can have a big discussion and a long, long gathering where we talk about mental health and we talk about insecurities and we talk about you know, self-esteem as a result of what we are viewing and the comparison trap that we get caught into these days. And there is billions and billions of dollars that's being spent to attract and to lead our children and us as adults in everything that we do. But anyway, let's, let's, let's ask this question. This is one that came into us when we talked about what are some questions that were really close to your heart. And one of those questions was this. How do you or can you let go as a parent um, but still be there for your children after they, after they graduate high school or after they get married? So, so that, that's a question. How, how do you still hold on but still let go? That's me. <laughs> well, I think that um, one way and I keep, is through, through prayer. Um, that, that you're continually to connect with what what God has, what God wants to do in their lives, um, and I, I think that you you just can, can continue to be there, to be there, to be that person that they that can support them. If, if there's something that comes up and they don't know what to do, then, then you then if you live close, you can be that person. If not, you can you know do find another way to help. Um, it's just a it's such a privilege to be able to be at this point where you can just watch your your children parent their children, um, and 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 not be responsible for it. <laughs> I mean, not, I, I'm glad to be y'all did a, <laughs> It's a beautiful thing to watch, but but it's also a, still a responsibility because I'm as a, as a mom. And so the responsibility is to just be the encourager, the supporter, the fighter, the fighter through prayer, the protector through prayer. Talk about your prayer journal. Um, well, this is um, just something that I've put together um, just from continually pr praying. I, I made prayers for um, overall for my grandkids that were the same prayers for all of them, each of them. And then I made a prayer individually, individually for them, knowing who they are, what their personalities are, what their needs were, what their desires were. Um, and then I have a you know, prayer for my son-in-law, my daughter, my son, my daughter-in-law, um, that, that I, I continually lift up. And now after you know, 
16, 14, I'm looking back and seeing the fruit of some specific prayers that have been answered um, due to his word. He loves having his words prayed to him. And I found him to be very, very um, true to, of course he's true to his word, right? So when you pray his words back to him, specifically for a specific person, he's so faithful. So, so faithful. Um, still, this is, role is a little new to me, so I'm still learning this and trying not to give too much unsolicited advice, right? We're, we're, we're still learning that. Um, but definitely, I, I had on my notes um, to, for prayer, um, trying to just lead back to scripture. Yesterday, we were on a car ride home from um, Abby's husband, Landon, graduated from college yesterday, and so we had a little party. And um, on the way back, um, my parents were with us, and um, my dad asked um, questions. Conversations are so powerful in the car. I'm telling you, there's a lot of good conversations that happen in the car. And he asked, have you ever felt the Holy Spirit move in your life? And it was such a great question um, for an adult child because a lot of times um, we talk a lot about the Holy Spirit, but maybe we've not shared a lot of experiences. So everybody in the car, like my dad, my mom, myself, said all shared experiences of God's, the Holy Spirit's evidence and his moving in our life at different times. I don't think we've ever had that conversation before. And so it's just a different role. I mean, it stemmed from a question that Caleb had. But again, you know, that was a question posed by a grandparent who wanted to spark a spiritual conversation, which was so great. And we all had an opportunity to share how the Holy Spirit had moved in our lives at some point. It was just really good. We're out of time. We could go on and on and on because there's so much that needs to be said. But I, I, um, I do want to ask this last question. I think it's pretty much a, I think it's a, we already know what the answer is what the answer is, when you think about your children and you think about parenting, um, when you think about not just short-term but long-term, what's your goal? What's your aim? What are, you, what are you aiming at as a parent in reference to your children, raising children, raising grandchildren, leaving a legacy of faith? What is the thing that you're... I, I know it probably has to make sure that your answer probably is making sure that they're on that right travel ball team or that they make that, that whatever that club may be, or that they make certain grades, or they go to this college. That's probably not it, is it? What, what is it you're aiming at? What are you shooting at? Pure and simple for me, I just want my kids to follow Jesus. Um, if that, whatever career that takes them in, if it takes them to the ends of the earth, um, I'll go fly and see them, whatever. I just want them to do whatever it is that God has called them to do. That's my only desire for them. Same as, as um, Third John 3, I could have no greater joy than to hear my children are following the truth. I would say the same thing. Um, we, my eight-year-old, she is a lot like me in that she really, um, she wants everything that she does to be perfect. Um, she wants to make A's on everything. If she's not good at something, she's not going to do it. 
Um, and so we've really um, had to um, walk with her um, through a lot of that. And, you know, even as a second grader, you know, you're not going to be perfect in everything. You're not going to always make A's on everything. Did you try your best? Did you do your best? Okay. Um, but, yeah, I mean, sh at the end of the day, I don't care really um, what she makes on a test um, as long as she tried her best. But does she love Jesus? Is she kind to people at school? Um, yeah, I think that role that not just mothers play, but we all play, especially women. Women, you play a really big role in the lives of children today. Um, and passing on that legacy of faith, is a, it's, a huge, it's a huge weight, but it's also an incredible privilege. Um, I think at the top, you have to ask yourself the question, you know, really, what are you shooting at? What are you aiming for? Because if you're aiming at wanting to, desiring to, to raise children who come to love, and understand, again, I go back to the issue of God's grace. You can live, do everything that you're supposed to do, and your children choose to rebel. I mean, I talk about that a lot, especially what was it God the Father did that caused Adam and Eve to rebel against him? The perfect father. You can be the perfect parents, and your children make unwise choices. But if you're aiming and that's an aim, then it's going to direct, it will direct some choices and decisions that we make as parents um, and, and things that we seek to do. You know, as we close out, I just want to read this passage of Scripture. It says, it's out of Proverbs 31, charm is deceptive and beauty does not last, but a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Reward her for all that she has done and let her deeds publicly declare her praise. Today isn't just a celebration of motherhood. It is a celebration of womanhood and women, the role that you play in raising the next generation. We celebrate you. We applaud you. Um, and we're very thankful for you. Ladies, thank you for being a part of this time today. I wish we could do more of this because there's a lot more questions that could be asked. And your wisdom is, uh, is, is very important. But can we pray together as we close out? And before we do that, I have to well, I have to say happy Mother's Day to my mother. And also, it's her birthday. She's turning 39 tomorrow. She's turning 80 years old tomorrow. So, Mom, I'll see you in just a few hours. So, anyway, would you pray with me? Father, we're very grateful. We're blessed. We're humbled. What a privilege it is to be part of a church family that... Lord, we don't get it all right, and we recognize that in those gaps, the, the places that we make those mistakes, and we, Father, we don't hear your voice. We respond in, in the flesh, God, that you're there to, to cover and, and to forgive us. Thank you for the privilege of, of, of recognizing our sin, confessing our sin to you, and, and knowing that, that you cover that. You covered that on the cross 2,000 years ago when Jesus gave his life is a sacrifice. Father, for those of us that are here that have blown it, help us to, to heed the advice. Heed the advice of not only coming to you and asking for forgiveness, but being willing to ask forgiveness from our kids. As painful and as awkward as that may be from time, it may be one of the greatest, greatest lessons that we teach them. Humility and submission.
under your authority. Father, I'm praying for us as we celebrate the rest of this day today that it will be a grand time. Lord, I pray for us that we would be a testimony of your grace to this community, that others would see what it looks like to interact and to function as the body of Christ. I pray for children. I pray for our children that are, that are um, teenagers and young adults, our children that are in those early years, and even those children that have yet to be born, that God, that, that they would not only hear the name of Jesus, but Father, they would come to know you personally and walk with you and learn the joys of, of being in fellowship with you. Help us to set the example, to set the pace. Father, one day that as we, as we grow older, we'll be able to look back and see the numbers of lives that have been impacted and changed because of, because of a relationship with Jesus and that we would feel, Lord, and sense that sense of, of, of awe and wonder of knowing what you did and that it was because of you. I pray for our children to make wise choices and in those moments and times that they fail, that, Father, we would treat them just as you've treated us with open arms. Thank you, Father, for the blessing of this day. We leave now to go out to be your ambassadors to the world, to leave that legacy of faith, for that to be on our lips, on our hearts, and on our minds. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.